The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. On the AM dial, 106.3 on the FM dial, KXNO.com. Miller and Condon take you until noon, bottom of the hour. John Walters will join us on Iowa State right now, as promised. He's Matt Snyder. He joins us well, normally Monday at 11.05, but we weren't here yesterday, so we pushed back to today. June the 1st, we have passed the first checkpoint in baseball. We will get to that in a second with our friend Matt Snyder. Matt, Trent, and Ken, thank you for joining us, as always. I want to start with the Cubs, though, just because I don't know how they're doing it or who they're doing it with, uh, I guess more yeah. accurately. I, I continue to be amazed how they've put this together. Yesterday was uh, another perfect example uh, of that. They get uh, Stewart, who... You know, flamed out with the uh, with the Twins. Didn't pl- pitch last year. He was terrific yesterday. And then somebody by the name of Patrick Wisdom is playing third base, and he's showing a ton of power. Uh, Eleven guys on the DL, and here we go, June first, and the Cubs are in first place. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I mean, there's a few things to highlight. The the thing that jumps out at you that's obvious is Chris Bryant is playing like his yeah. MVP self right now, and. We cannot discount Javier Baez, and uh, yes, he brings some bad to the table, but his clutch hitting, his clutch power hitting is off the charts this year. Um, so those two guys are completely driving the offense. Jock Peterson's been really hot ever since he came off the DL as well. Um, and yeah, it, it, there's other guys like Wisdom stepping up before he got hurt. Matt Duffy stepped up with some clutch, but mm-hmm. let's Marismic. also highlight, yeah, and, and let's also highlight the bullpen. Yeah. They just uh, they gave up a run for the first time in 38 innings a few days ago. But overall, Craig Kimbrell is going to be on the all-star team again, and everybody knows Craig Kimbrell. But other than Kimbrell, if you looked at this group going into the year and you said, we're going to have Andrew Chafin, Ryan Tapera, Dan Winkler, <laughs> Dylan Naples, Keegan Thompson, Tommy Nance, uh, Justin Steele, and these guys are going to be one of the best bullpens in baseball, everybody would have said you're crazy. They've been unbelievable. And and let's also give credit to David Ross on that. Yeah. Because if the bullpen strings together that many innings in a row where they throw where they throw up a zero, the manager's doing something right as well. The depth of this team is being tested right now. There's eleven guys currently on the IL. But let's say we get through this incredibly difficult stretch here. June, the schedule is tough for the Cubs, and it's a lot easier for the Brewers and for the Cardinals. But we get into July, and it's still a three-team race. Fans are back in there. We're getting closer to fuller capacity. And with it, more people in the area, more money coming into the pocketbooks of the Ricketts family. Could they open it up? Is it... Is it a stretch to think that now that we're getting closer and closer to normal, that they can start to spend money themselves? I, I would sure hope so. I, I mean, especially since they essentially salary dumped you, Darvish, in the, mm-hmm. in the offseason. Yeah. And being in first place right now, that looks especially bad because yeah. I know you've got Zach Davies back, but the four prospects you got back are all lower-level teenagers. Not going to help you this year. Not going to help you next year. Like you look at this roster right now, and you look at who you got back, and you think, "What were you even doing?" It looks like it was just a mandate to slash salary. There's not that much on the books 
these upcoming looking toward next year uh pulling up baseball reference the estimated salary right now if they pick up no options is 102 million is they have the wherewithal to go well over 200 so then you start thinking okay if if you're in first place right now and you've got franchise icons like Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez and Chris Bryant hitting why don't we extend all those guys why not what's what's your excuse to not do that i don't think you have a good excuse not to do that you know what I think is going to be missed, maybe, and I think we're going to get to a point where where Cubs fans start to realize, well, we don't have a backup catcher. And Wilson Contreras, yeah. he's had a heck of a year. I have no idea how he didn't hit the injury list if he, after he took that 90-something mile uh, an hour. Seriously. Right? Like he has a steel arm. He must have. <laughs> I, I was on. just stunned that, that something more didn't come out of that. But, I mean, we, we watched Caratini behind the plate last yesterday, but wearing a Padres uniform. I think they're going to miss him at some point. They do not have anybody, I don't think, that can give Contreras a blow. And a catcher will need one. I agree. Uh, Miguel Amaya, one of their top prospects, is uh, he's in, I think it's double A this year. He's only been lower levels before this year. I think it's double A this year. So maybe he's ready by like next year to come up. Um, but yeah, Contreras is a free agent after next year. So that's another guy that, again, if they're going to continue to play like they're in first place on June 1st, that, that's legitimate. This isn't two weeks into the season. It's two months. Um, if they're going to continue to play like this, again, that's another question that are you really going to let this guy walk after next year when the only other organizational catcher you have is in double A and we don't know if he's going to actually be good. It's another question Jed Hoyer is going to have to answer. It's wild. It really is. And you go through the ins and outs of this one. It's going to be fun to watch, and we're excited certainly here as uh, the Cubs are the team that moved the needle a whole lot. Another team, though, is the Cardinals. Been inconsistent, and it's been very up and down for this squad. Just an overview here as we hit this hit this check mark that we like to go through right after Memorial Day weekend. Your thoughts, this Cardinals team, long term, how good are they? Well, coming into the year, I thought they were the best team in the NL Central. I predicted them to win the division. Uh, I, I still made a comment in the power rankings yesterday about how they're probably the best team in the in the division. Uh, I just, I mentioned this, I believe, last week. I can't get past. They're just completely beating up on teams under 500, and they're now 7 and 13 against teams over 500. So mm. if this is going to continue at some point, <laughs> they're going to have to answer the bell against good teams. And they haven't so far. Um, a lot of that comes down to, well, Goldschmidt hasn't been very good so far. DeYoung is hurt and hasn't been good so far. But also, like I feel like Yachty is hitting way better than he's capable of hitting for the whole year. So maybe that evens out. It's an interesting mix. I, I do think that they're good. I, I think that they're going to push – them and the Cubs are going to push each other if the Cubs can keep it up. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I do still I, – I really like Jack Flaherty. Yeah. Um, and it, I think he's obviously having a great year. Uh, it wasn't great last night against the Dodgers, mm-hmm. but that's the Dodgers. Oh, it's, did he it's get hurt, Matt? Do you know? Are, oh, did he get hurt because he? They showed him at the plate, uh, and he and he swung the bat, and you could see the pain on his face. Did you, did anything come of that with Flaherty? I actually hadn't seen haven't okay. seen anything. I, I was I had the game on, but I was kind of doing other stuff, and I yep. didn't look at Twitter or anything, so I didn't see any updates. So. 
Hopefully not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's possible. Uh, guys, let's go around the uh, the six divisions, if you will. Just a, a comment on all of them at the as we pass the first checkpoint of baseball. We'll start in the American League East. Matt, I'll let you go first. Tampa Bay leads the way by two. The Yankees get swept uh, by the uh, by the Tigers, and then the Rays take game one of the series with them yesterday. Uh, just your thoughts on the American League East. What uh, What's the first thought that comes to mind? If you look at the personnel... To me, there's absolutely no reason whatsoever that the Rays should be five and a half games better than the Yankees. None. The Yankees should be way better than this. Mm-hmm. I know they've been banged up, but everybody in baseball has been banged up all year. Uh, I think the Yankees have completely underachieved. They should be way better. Um, the Blue Jays are interesting to me. They they got really hot, and then they had a stretch where they had played a bunch of games against the Rays, Red Sox, and Yankees, and they did not play well at all. But I still like their talent level. When George Springer eventually comes back, I love that offense, especially with Vladdy Jr. playing like an MVP. And uh, the Red Sox, to be where they are, you got to give a ton of credit to Alex Cora. Yeah. And uh, you look at that rotation, and you just uh, it doesn't seem like mm-hmm. it's good enough. But they are getting Chris Dale back pretty soon. Excellent. Trent, you got a thought on the American League East? The thing that was surprising to me is – Blue Jays have scored 261. The Red Sox have scored 269, 273 for the Rays. The Yankees only yeah. 202 runs. That that no, was a shocker here. Yeah. yeah, the offense isn't there. Terrible. Mm. Good point. Trent Central Division, White Sox lead the way. Your thoughts on the Central? It's over. It's the White Sox. Yeah. The Indians with the Reyes injury we <laughs> talked about. I just I, I can't see anything happening here. I don't believe in this Cleveland team at all. Kansas City was no, a nice story either. for a couple of weeks. This is the White Sox. Even with their injuries, they're going to coast in with this play, uh, the, the division victory. Your thoughts on the Central, Matt? That's the, the most interesting thing to me is I agree. I think the White Sox are going to win it. It may be by double digits. Mm. Um, the most interesting thing is, do they get Aloy Jimenez? Do they get Luis Robert back in September and give those guys a few weeks before the playoffs? And then are they all of a sudden at full strength better than they've been all season by the playoffs? That would be really fun. Uh, to the West, uh, Matt, we'll start with you. The A's and the Astros, of course, they've got a little history there. Uh, not, not fans yeah. of each other's team. I, I think we're set up for these two teams to battle it out to the end. Seattle got off to a good start. I'm not sure what they've got there. The Angels continue to underachieve. No pitching. Your thoughts on the West? Yeah, I'm, I have total frustration with the Angels state of the franchise, but that's probably a longer conversation for a different day. Uh, no, I don't believe in the Mariners. I think it's a two-team race. The Astros are just better to me. I know they're worse with their record right now. Right. Um, the A's still with that negative run differential, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a weird to start. Like they got off to, they were like one and seven, and then they went like twelve in a row, and they've been completely mediocre since. I don't know what's going on with Matt Chapman. He's been atrocious. He's so much better than this. Uh, uh, but I just the, the A's. I I, I I believe they'll hang around. I just. I don't feel like they're that good. I feel like their their record is the most fraudulent to me. Are they going to move, by the way? Is this just a game of chicken with Oakland? It is. I hope so. Yeah, I think eventually something's going to happen. I hope they stay put. Me too. But, uh, man, their club president on Twitter is really flirting it up with Vegas. He was there for uh, three or four days this past week. For that NHL playoff game. Right. (laughs) And he saw it firsthand. Uh, Trent, you have any thoughts on the West? You want to move to the National League? I just want to see Seattle hang around. I I know looking at the team is probably not likely, but think of their playoff drought and think of baseball, Mm, you know, where – it feels like everybody gets a chance every few years at the very least. Mm-hmm. What's it been, almost 20 years now for Seattle, Matt? Mm-hmm. 
Has it been that long? As a as a Cubs fan, as a lifelong Cubs <laughs> fan, I really have a soft spot for long suffering fan bases. Yeah. And with the Mariners having that that long of a playoff drought and never having won the World Series, yes, I would love to see them be good. Uh, let's go to the National League. Trent, we'll start with you. The Mets lead the way. I don't. I when are these Braves going to come around? <laughs> you uh, say, <laughs> I know. I keep waiting. Uh, your thoughts on the East, Trent? I just don't like the division. I don't enjoy it. Every I time it's going to be a dogfight, you know. And I flip it on, and it just. I don't know. Maybe it's our outpost and Midwest mm-hmm. just matters more. But I watch it and I say, I'm not entertained by this brand of baseball. I don't know what it watch is. Watch Jacob weird. DeGrom. That might change your <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, that might. <laughs> what about it's you, been, Matt? It's been pretty bad. It's been pretty bad yeah. this year. Uh, the, the Phillies just aren't very good. Right. The, the Marlins are like the little engine that could, but they're still pretty mediocre. The Nationals are bad, and we're, that's where we're going to see Scherzer traded this summer, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Braves are interesting because like you you were insinuating a second ago, it just seems like they should be better. Yep. But they haven't even been over 500 once That's this year. Crazy. Not Not all year. And when you look at the position players, you think, oh, they're going to be fine. But now they've got the Marcelo Zuna problem, which deal. goes way beyond baseball. Yep. And to, to look at the rotation, uh, Morton's 37. You know, hurt himself punching a wall. Smiley and Freed are bad this year, mm-hmm. uh, and Ian Anderson's twenty three. He's already up to fifty five innings. How much workload can he take on this year? Um, let's see, fifty five innings this year, thirty two and a third last year as a rookie. I don't know how how are they going to want to go to one fifty with them? And if they don't, what are they going to do with the shutdown? Yeah. So I, I think. It, it seems it feels like one of those teams that could really, really turn it on in August and September and be a good playoff team until I start thinking harder about the rotation. And then I start thinking they're going to have rotation problems all year. Um, Chip Carey said something yesterday during the broadcast. Now, I wasn't watching or listening. said that Marcelo Zuna's got an injury situation. He really mm. said that? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's Tell the truth. Anymore. No, it's not an injury. <laughs> it is an injury, but now it's way worse than the Way worse. Suspended all season. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, what about Soroka? You hear anything about him? I it, uh, last week Brian Snicker was on uh, like High Heat or one of those MLB yeah. network shows and said that he was shut down for the year. Wow, I didn't and know that. A little bit later, and then a little bit later, he had a press conference and he said, "I need to clarify that he's not definitely out for the season." So it makes me feel like. Somebody in the front office didn't want that to get out and told him, "Hey, backtrack." <laughs> so it, it feels like. He had a setback on his torn Achilles that he's been rehabbing from, and he had to have surgery again. The feeling is he's probably done for the year. Uh, Cubs lead the Central. Matt Snyder, uh, your thoughts on that division? We've talked about the Cubs. Uh, uh, any other thoughts on any of the other teams? Yeah, it might be a three-team dogfight because I don't want to. I don't want to forget about the Brewers. There, no, um, they, they've had major injury issues to the position players. Yelich was the big one, but they were also without Wong for a little bit. They were also without Lorenzo Cain for a little bit. I feel like if they got right, they're still going to be a slightly below average team, but Yelich is the type of guy that could kind of carry an offense, and their pitching staff is really, really good. It's not just a big two. It's a big three. Freddie Peralta belongs in there with Woodruff and Burns. Mm -hmm. So I think the Brewers are definitely going to be involved. I definitely have kind of – fallen down to the point where I think the Reds are not. I I, right. I don't think the Reds are going to hang around anymore. Um, 
we're past Memorial Day, like we said, so yep. I'm allowed to judge now. I think it might be a three-team race. Trent and I did after week one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to the West. Uh, uh, Matt, uh, Trent, we'll start with you on the West. The Giants wake up in first place this morning. It's crazy. We've talked about this now for well over a month. There's no sustainability. There's no way this team can <laughs> yeah, hang here around. They are. They're 34 and 20. Is is this just a product of Colorado and Arizona being that bad? Part of it. Or is there more to it, Matt? How deep do you go now? Is, um, we're 54 games in. There's some of it, but they've played essentially 500 ball against the Padres and Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, I thought last weekend they got their teeth kicked in at home by the Dodgers. I thought that was the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. But then they go to L.A. and sweep the Dodgers. Uh, so, man, I... I don't think they're going to hang around. I think they're going to finish in third place. I don't even think they're going to be a wild card. But they've been doing it long enough. We need to pay attention. That's for sure. I, I, I'm not going to back down on thinking that they're going to end up in third place. But they deserve our respect and they deserve our attention. Uh, let, let's do this. Mets, Cubs, and Giants are the respective division leaders at the first checkpoint. How <laughs> many will be there at the All-Star game? How many of those three teams will lead their division at the All-Star uh, at the All-Star break. Trent, you first. Zero. Zero for you, Trent. Zero. I'm the Mets go, fall out of first the place? The Mets fall out. Your Braves will finally do okay. it. Okay. It'll be the Cardinals, and it will be the Padres. All right. How about you, Matt Snyder? How many of those teams in first place at the All-Star break? I'm on the fence between one and two, actually. Uh, I think the Mets absolutely will be. Yeah, I'll too. take the Mets. Um, in the Central, completely on the fence on the Cubs and Cardinals. And in the West, absolutely not. The Giants will not be. It'll be the Dodgers or Padres. Let's do the same exercise in the American League. Tampa Bay, the White Sox, and the A's. Matt, you go first this time. How many of those teams will be in first place at the All-Star break? I'll go two. Uh, The White Sox and Tampa? Yeah. Yep. And I'll take the Astros in the West. No, same, same for me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that seems easy, is it not? <laughs> uh, Matt's not. Yeah, and I'll tell, and I'll say this: the Rays five days ago, a week ago, I would have said no on the Rays, mm-hmm. but they've been so hot, and the Yankees have been so bad. I, <laughs> I mean, five and a half games for the Yankees, they can't make that up before the All Star break. No. I don't think so. Well, there was wasn't it last week? I think the Blue Jays had a chance to win and. Be in first place, and then they lost, like you said, they lost like five or six yeah. in a row. And they go to Buffalo, yeah. right? They move. They they begin yeah. play in Buffalo today or whenever their next home stand. I think it's today. So they and, uh, let, and let's say let's give them credit for their circumstances. Hell yeah, they're they're playing in a minor league park in, yep. in, in, in or a spring their spring training facility, and then they shift to Buffalo midseason and did not really have a home. That has to take a toll on the players because I know they're on the road a lot, mm-hmm. but. They still have homes. Right. <laughs> when when players play their quote, home games, they are at their actual house or their apartment, whatever, what have you. Uh, the, the Blue Jays players don't have a home this year, and they didn't have a home last year. I thought I saw a video that the uh, that their Twitter account put out. Buffalo has really spent some money on upgrading that facility that yeah. will be a major league. Now, what's the plan, Matt? Do do you know? Um, is is there a is there a chance that the Jays will get into Canada this year or more likely 2022? I don't know. Um, The last time I looked, which in all honesty, it was like a month ago. I haven't haven't checked back up, so maybe there's a new movement. But the last thing I saw about a month ago was that Toronto had no plans to start letting Americans in. 
Yeah, it's um, crazy. And, and obviously, yeah, so, it, I mean, it feels like the numbers are a lot better. We have a lot of vaccinated people. Maybe things will change in the upcoming months. Uh, I, I tell you, as fun as it's been to see all the home fan bases get to be back and get to cheer and get to have big moments, I would love to see this exciting Blue Jays team mm-hmm. in the Rogers Center. Yeah, I feel bad for the uh, for the Mariners too because a Mariners homestand against the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. they overwhelmed the oh. stadium. Oh yeah, it'll be yeah even worse. Yeah, yeah, and you can't cross the border. So, anyways, Matt Snyder, Matt, uh, great stuff. We appreciate it. We will talk to you next Monday. Uh, thanks for being flexible, Matt Snyder. Appreciate it as always. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, you're the same. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, as we talk a little MLB. Fun, fun checkpoint uh, as we uh, go around Major League Baseball. John Walters is next, Trent. Yeah, we uh, normally have Michael Swain in on Tuesdays, but he's vacationing in the air right now, making his way back to Central Iowa. And that dude's going to need a vacation going into this. It's because about to get crazy everywhere, right? Recruiting yes. opens up today. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, think of this. It's not just the upcoming senior class. Normally, these kids as freshmen and sophomores, they've been on campus. They've taken on officials. They've been around. That is not the case. Campuses have been closed. And today, it opens again. Can you imagine being in that world, working for rivals or 24-7 and just know what it's... Or in a football office. And Uh you've been trying... You've been building to this point... It's like Christmas. Or how about the guy that does the jumbotron or the video board? When a recruit comes to town, you always put him in a uniform and put him up so the yeah. so we can see him. So there'll be a lot of that kind of work going on too. Busy yeah, time. It, it, indeed, it is. Remember when rivals used to crash on signing day? Oh, absolutely. As big as rivals was every single year, every year seemingly for yeah. a period of time, wasn't it? All right, uh, there are no more keywords. If you're waiting for that keyword pro- promotion, has come and gone at least for now. We anticipate that it will be back at some point, but it is over for now. John Walters will join Trent and I next. It's Miller and Condon. We're here until noon on fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six local sports. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC. Zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. Building a better community doesn't happen overnight. It takes hard work, dedication, and sacrifice. It takes a team, and it takes time. That's why for 75 years, we at NCMIC have been here working for you and with you. But this anniversary, we're not just looking back. We're focusing on the future, on building Iowa, on the better days ahead, and on how together we can all start taking the path forward. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. on the FM dial. Just past 11.30, we take you up until noon. Murph and Andy at 1. The Fanatics 
Well, they're here at uh, 3 o'clock. Let's get our friend John Walters, the voice of Iowa State. He joins the program. John, we'll get into Iowa State in a second. It's June the 1st, and your Cubs are in first place. How about that, John Walters? Yeah. It's been some pretty good baseball here lately. And, uh, yeah, Chris Bryant, the contract Ooh. here, seems to be the magic formula. It sure has uh, been. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, It's been good. It's been good and long way to go, but nice to have a little bit of reason for hope as the calendar turns to June 1st. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I, I didn't think that they would be in this position. It's good for business, John. This is why we pay such a close attention to the Cubs. They're the most popular team in the market, so you want them to be good, and they've exceeded everybody's expectations. I mean, and they're doing it with a bunch of guys who, you know, when they signed them, it was like, alright, here we go, they're starting to break up this team. The big names are going to be on their way out, and these are the guys that they're going to be in. I can't believe the Ricketts with all this money, Dot 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 but those guys have played huge huge roles yeah and they found a few guys that actually swing for contact which i think is a critically important part of why they've started to have a little bit more success you know um they just had a lineup that was just chock full of guys swinging for the fences all the time and that's the way baseball's become period which is i think kind of unfortunate but there's some real value in having some guys that can at least put the ball in play. And so I, I think it's getting back a little bit more in that direction, at least for the Cubs. And uh, I, I think you got to have a little bit of a blend. Obviously, with Wrigley Field, you want to you want to have a few home run guys, but mm-hmm. I think you need some guys that just, uh, just try to get on base and move runners over and, and play a little bit of small ball now and then and have the ability to adapt to different game situations. So I, I think they're in a little bit better position to do that this year. John, uh, to some housekeeping for your day job, your night job is to watch the Cubs, or maybe sometimes during the day, during the summertime, but Cyclones.TV, we've seen the evolution of what it was, the Tier 3 rights for college sports in the Big 12, ESPN Plus now, such a big component for you, day-to-day, operationally, what's changed, and for Cyclone fans listening right now, what's going to be different as you look forward to the 2021-22 calendar year? Yeah, I think the the what you saw a year ago will be very similar to what you'll see this coming year from an Iowa State perspective as far as ESPN Plus and Cyclones.TV. Um, Cyclones.TV is, you know, it's obviously changed um, a, a great deal since we started, and, and that's okay. We've adapted every year to the changes that have been involved with it. Um, but I think it serves a real purpose as far as being able to replay games, uh, being able to show press conferences, being able to show our coaches shows, um, it, it does serve a real purpose in that regard. And um, so I, I think it's something that will be here for a while. I hope so. Um, our record is very good on Cyclones.tv. I rarely schedule a loss on there. Um, I, I, I schedule the programming. And I do occasionally show a game that Iowa State lost. If it's, you know, like the 1977 renewal of the series with mm-hmm. Iowa, you know, just to even have that broadcast, it's kind of cool to, to show that game. Um, but there's... You know, there's, 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 I'd say a 95, 98% winning percentage for Iowa State on the games that we show on the channel. Uh, but ESPN Plus and, and the way that it produced broadcasts, I thought our team at, um, at Iowa State with um, our, our group that basically rededicated a room, made it into a control room within Hilton Coliseum where we do our, our it's our own production truck, if you will, within the building. Uh, just did a really great job of producing the games and putting things together. Jared Calvert and Austin Minahan, Tyler Rutherford, and the whole gang that 
that really got behind that and wanted to make it look sharp. I think if you if you looked around at the ESPN Plus broadcast, I thought Iowa State's were right up there uh, among the sharpest. And so they did a great job on the production side, and then we were able to hire some good announcers, and uh, and it worked out very well. So I, I think that'll continue. Um, and, and then you'll just see the games being replayed. They're not live on Cyclones.tv anymore, and that's the one difference. But um, I think there's enough people that still enjoy the programming, and especially the documentaries and things of that nature on Cyclones.tv that, that it has a future as well. I'm glad Trent has brought this up because I did not know this, John Walter. So peel the curtain back a little bit more. But when it comes to ESPN+, Plus, I just assumed that it was ESPN that was calling all the shots and pushing the buttons. I mean, I knew that Brent Bloom and Lindsey Fennelly did some Iowa State women. That was a really good team uh, mm-hmm. when those two got together. Mm-hmm. But you guys play a big – so are all the schools responsible for the production of games that um, that air on ESPN+. Plus? Yeah, in the Big 12, they are. And it's not every game. So, in other words, you know, if, if the Iowa State Northern Iowa football game is going to be on ESPN Plus, we're not going to produce that. They will bring in their own announcers, their own truck, and, and they'll do that game. Um, if, a, if an Iowa State Kansas men's basketball game for some reason or West Virginia or whatever ends up on ESPN Plus, there, there's occasions where they do bring in their own announcers, their own truck, and they just take it over and do it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But all those other games that are, you know, women's basketball, softball, soccer, um, wrestling, um, the handful of men's basketball games that Brent Bloom and Clay Edwards called, um, we produce them just like we did for Cyclones.TV. The only difference is we added a few bells and whistles with our control room that we created. Um, and, and we're producing the games for ESPN Plus in that situation. And so, um, yeah, that that we, you know, when we started Cyclones.TV, we brought the production of the games in-house. We just added to what we're able to do. And when you throw in the ESPN graphics package and all the things that they provide, it's a cleaner-looking, better product than we could have put together on our own. And so it's kind of a team effort. But, yes, uh, our, our group within the office at Cyclones.TV, probably their biggest role right now is – producing those ESPN Plus broadcasts. Uh, football in a moment. Just a, a quick hit on men's basketball. As Trent and I have kind of joked, you're going to sell a lot of programs uh, this coming season because of the rosters totally change. Boy, TJ and his uh, and his staff hit the ground running as they did a roster makeover. Uh, John, I, I love what they've done. I really do. I mean, nobody wanted to go through that last year. Um, no one likes to see people lose their gig. TJ's back in Ames. I, I think there's a legit enthusiasm for what he's done and excitement building toward the fall. I couldn't agree more. There's relentless energy on the part of TJ and his staff into – you know, leaving no one stone unturned in, in getting this thing uh, righted. And uh, they are going to be relentless recruiters. There's no doubt about that in my mind. It's a huge priority for TJ. He's very good at it. Um, Iowa State's going to continue to beat the path and, and get after it on the recruiting trail. And I, I think guys are going to enjoy playing for him, too. I, I think he's, you know, they're going to have to play hard. And he's going to create competition with this situation. It's good. Uh, you know, the minutes aren't going to be guaranteed to anybody. There's going to be good competition at every spot on the floor going into this season. And so you're going to have to earn your way out there. And I, I think it's going to lend itself to Iowa State being a more competitive team. The big question is going to be the chemistry. How quickly can all mm-hmm. these guys come together and learn their new roles, uh, adapt to those, uh, uh, accept those roles, and make the most of those roles going forward? 
But uh, the quicker that happens, the quicker Iowa State gets competitive again. And I guess the wild card is Tyrese Hunter. And if Tyrese is, you know, a, a great player coming in as a freshman, uh, which is putting an awful lot on a true freshman, but if he is, then who knows where Iowa State season can go. If he's a, a very good player and is able to start, um, it, you know, I think Iowa State can be very competitive very quickly. So we'll see where it goes, but um, it, it's going to be interesting to see all the pieces fall into place and, and guys learn their roles and uh, and learn to play together. Capital City League off for this year? I guess it hasn't come across my Twitter feed. I haven't seen anything. John, do you know? Uh, I haven't heard anything on that one way or the other. Sorry, guys. No, it's. I got to guess it's got to be off because this is usually the time well, I'm gearing up and I'm doing my mock draft for the Capital City League. Not going to be the case. It'll be fun <laughs> with uh, with your alma mater yeah. making, making big steps forward. Boy, it would have been fun to see those guys out there together. Yeah, it was, I think it was always a fan, a fan thing that was fun, and maybe COVID knocked it off its rails for a little while. Who knows? If it, uh, but uh, I, I think the fans always enjoyed the opportunity to see those guys play. I'm not sure that the players themselves get more out of that than they do out of working out together here on campus. But, you know, hey, it's, uh, it's a chance to, to play, and I think that's, you know, guys like to compete, and they like to get out there and learn and and so uh, it served a purpose, but I don't know if I don't know if it's going to continue or not. Uh, to football, John, we saw uh, Jamie Pollard's announcement to season tickets. What forty seven thousand, I believe, was the number that he put out last week. Of course, the um, the expectations. I don't have to remind anybody they're they're going to be through the roof, and rightly so, coming off a New Year's Six Bowl uh, from last year, beating uh, beating Oregon the way that they did in the Fiesta Bowl. Going to have expectations. Uh, what what's it like? Uh, it's got to be different. In June, July, leading up into football this year than any other year. Well, yeah, you know, Iowa State football is so much on topic uh, this time of year compared to what it is normally. And obviously, last year there was some build up to that team, and, and deservingly so. And 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 they had a really good season, and it was it was fun to document. And you know, obviously, with what happened this year, uh, it, it's off the charts as far as. You know, when, you, when you've got a team that returns three All-Americans and you return eight guys that were first-team All-Big 12, and then you, you start looking at, okay, how many returning stars I've seen it listed as 19. You, I think you could put that number a little higher even because, I mean, like a guy like Will McDonald isn't even considered a starter. Mm. And he's a returning first-team All-Big 12 player. Right. And, and, you know, and, and Will's going to be a, a real force this year. I, I, I've been going back, guys, and watching the season again over the last two weeks, and I'm almost to the finish line on that. But the, a couple of things that really jumped out to me were Reese Hall was absolutely incredible in mm-hmm. every game. It wasn't like he had a game off. He was, he was really good start to finish. I mean, the guy is a, a crazy good talent, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know there, but just to, to watch it game after game and say, no, he was really good again in that one. No, he was really good again in that one. And same thing with Will McDonald. Will McDonald is a game changer on that defensive side of the ball. And, you know, he, he set the school record for single season sacks, but the number of times he was held, the number of times, uh, he created havoc for a quarterback where he didn't get credited with a sack, but he forced an early throw that might have led to a turnover. He impacts the game in a big, big way, and I can't wait to see you know what kind of a leap he can make this year. So, I mean, and those are just you know we're not even mentioning Charlie Kohler and Brock Purdy and 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 some of the other guys, but Mike Rose. But um, 
it, it's exciting when you go back and watch that and see those two guys just kind of jump off the tape at you. Uh, last thing for you, John, just a couple of guys offensively. Tariq Milton, not himself last year, injured for the better part of the season, I thought. Just having him back uh, at, at full speed, he's a difference maker. Hutchinson was great, but they were looking for that second that second receiver, you know, not the tight ends. I think he's got a big chance to help that offense. And I'm and yes, I totally agree with you on Brees Hall. Um, but Chirell Brock, I, I'm anxious to see what he can bring to the field as well. So Milton and Brock, as they get set to embark on this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think with Jirel, the thing was we saw him more and more as the season went on. They put him in as a third down back. They threw to him some out of the backfield. And I think that's a dimension. You know, I think when you watch Oklahoma play, one of the things they do exceptionally well is throw the ball to their fullback and get him in motion and, and kind of create a, an opportunity where he can slip out and, and do something. And when Jirel lines up with Brees in the backfield, I think there's some real opportunities to do that. But even as uh, the backup to Brees and the guy that will get a significant number of carries, because if you look at Kane Nwangu, he was a, yeah. a big impact player on last year's team out of the backfield in addition to kick returns. Jirel's going to have a much bigger role, and, and I, I'm super excited to see what he can do. I think he'll be a very physical back. Uh, he'll be hard to bring down, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in the open field because we really never saw him get that opportunity a year ago. And Tariq, uh, you know, there was a lot of questions in media availability this spring about can you get more deep throws down the field? And I think Tariq's a guy that can bring that back to the offense a little bit more. Um, but I'm not sure that Iowa State needs to force the issue on that because, you know, there's something to be said for the old Bill Snyder sleeper hold and, and operating your way down the field in a nine or ten play drive and taking some time off the clock and then having your defense go back out there. Uh, it, it's not a bad formula, and it seemed to work pretty well for Iowa State with you know better than 32 points a game a year ago. So I don't think they're broken necessarily offensively. I do think Tariq can bring that threat uh, back uh, of another guy that can get down the field and make the plays down the field. But the thing I'm really excited about with Tariq is when you look at Landon Akers a year ago and the number of times that Iowa State threw the ball to the uh, man in motion in the backfield, a lot of times it was Akers, and he had a very good senior season. Uh, Tariq plays that same position. It's that M position, and it's a spot that in Matt Campbell's offenses has always been a big deal. There was a guy named Eric Page at Toledo that had 125 catches one year out of that spot. I think Tariq can be a guy that can have 60 or 70 catches and can take that short gain and turn it into something big. We saw Landon Akers do that a few times a year ago, and I think Tariq, uh, maybe even more elusive than Landon, certainly maybe not quite as fast as Landon, but can make people miss, and I think Tariq can really uh, excel in that role being healthy this year. Uh, thanks for doing this, John Walters. We'll catch up with you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. John Walters, the voice of Iowa State. We talk a little Cyclones. I did not know that about the ESPN Plus. Yeah. That they're, they're responsible for all the production. I, I guess I just assume that ESPN's rolling into town. No, it, it, there's so many of those events. It's not just yeah. you know men's basketball. Right, and, right, yeah. right. I could see those kind of being uh, in-house, but uh, good for them. Way to cut costs for ESPN as well. Absolutely. We will come back, finish out the program. Trent's play of the day. How was your weekend gambling-wise? Well, I had an incredible day Saturday, I believe it was, or maybe it was Sunday. It was one of the two NBA days. Right. I hit the round robin. I hit all four parts of it. And it's one of those days you just wish you would have bet a little more. Yeah, you get the feeling. Building the bankroll up, though, is uh, I have to be in first place in the bet room. Oh, in the contest? contest? I have to be. None of those. No, are. I don't. Stansberry, he was down to like 150 bucks at one point. Holly, he's been down in the hundreds. 
Williams hasn't tweeted out his uh, bankroll lately. So Gonna guess it's not real high. Yeah, yeah. probably. Well, uh, you got a chance to uh, join uh, Smool and myself at the Champions yes. Dinner, and that uh, video. That was hilarious. That was good. That you guys put out. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, we will take a timeout. Miller and Condon back with play uh, with Trent's Play of the Day next. It's 1460 KXNO. Start Swiffering. A business name is important, sure. For one, it's how we connect with you, find you, and do business with you. But what's behind the name matters more. Roshan Corporation of Iowa is now Graphite Construction Group. We're building offices, retail centers, tenant improvements, schools, and more. But the most important thing we build? Our relationship with you. Let's get started on your construction project. Visit us at graphitegrp.com. Hey, XNO. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at renter's warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renter's warehouse guy, he lets renter's warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renner's Warehouse Guy lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY Guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renner's Warehouse Guy, he sleeps soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free Rental price analysis at renterswarehouse.com today. That's renterswarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes on a Tuesday. Murph and Andy at one, the Fanatics at three. Do you have a play that you like today? Baseball, hockey, mm-hmm. NBA? Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll and yes. Oh, you take it away. All right. Let's start with uh, game one of today in baseball. 5 10 Central first pitch. The Cleveland the Indians. Sucks. Yeah. Bieber. You, you know my thoughts on Dylan Cease. He's, yeah, you're not a big fan. But he's been really good this year. So Shane Bieber, though. I'm taking plus 130 in the better team. Okay. Give me Dylan Cease and the White Sox. You Let's are see. backing the better team. I agree with yes. you. But you're going up against Shane Bieber. He's really good. <laughs> right. But a 2-1 win still pays the same, yeah. and that's what we'll take. Well said. Because Cease has been really good. So All there's right. the first part. All right. We're going to get a split down south with Carolina and Tampa. Game okay. two will go to the Hurricanes. Same thing. Pretty good money. Minus 115 mm-hmm. on each side is uh, what I see at DraftKings right now. So I will hop aboard. Give me Carolina with the second part. They could they could have won game one. That was a back and forth yes. game. Finish up with the set. I'm just playing zigzag and Lakers Suns. Mm-hmm. You AD like the five not, and a half. I'm going to grab the five and a half. I did that this morning. I see five is the number right now at DraftKings. Thankfully, I got it there just at the right time. But the five, I still feel go. And again, 
If AD, when he has officially announced that he's not going to play, probably going to get another point. If you're like me, you like the Lakers side, I would wait to get that official designation. Anthony Davis, will he or won't he tonight? Uh, do the Nets finish off the Celtics tonight? Am I crazy for think the Celtics are they're going to try? I mean, it's it's not going to be. They're not going to go out like punks. That this is going to be a thirty point blowout. You think it's back? You think it's a nip and tuck then? Huh? It's twelve and a half is the number. That's, That's a, a huge big number for an NBA playoff game. Brooklyn's at home, but still. Yeah, that's it's going to go points. one of two ways. It is either going to be that 20-point victory or it's going to be 6, 7, 8, something like oh, that. I think I would grab the points in that one. Well, we'll see. We'll, re- we'll correct your uh, report card tomorrow. Looking How about forward that? to it. Uh, Murph and Andy, an hour and five minutes of Fanatics at 3 tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., another day of local programming with the Morning Rush. We're Miller and Condon. See you tomorrow.